Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Wealth Journal podcast with me, Jay Hardy. Before we begin, it's important to remember that the Wealth Journal is here for purely educational and entertainment purposes and should not be considered as financial advice. I recommend that before you make any form of investment, you do your own research. Now, with that out of the way, let's get cracking. Quick one, if you could do me a favour and follow or subscribe to this podcast, that really helps me track new listeners to the podcast and helps it grow. Thank you. So here we go. Welcome to episode 24 of the Wealth Journal podcast. And if this is your first time listening to the Wealth Journal, and I've noticed I've had quite a few new listeners these last few weeks, which has been excellent. Um, So I thought I'd just remind people of what the Wealth Journal is about. And basically, this is me, somebody who has a passion for finance and building wealth, sharing my notes from the week on what I've discovered in the world of wealth building. And hopefully it's my hope that you will join me on my journey towards wealth. And hopefully we can build our knowledge of wealth together and hopefully build our wealth. And really the goal is to just try and take, whether it's complex topics or certain things that I've read or heard or listened to throughout the week and just try and make it a little bit easier for for everyone to understand. And, And just really the process of me doing that actually helps me understand it a little bit better as well. So that's the goal of the Wealth Journal. And um I guess it's it's called the Wealth Journal because it is a journal. It's just where I document these thoughts and, and things that I've learned on a on a weekly basis in almost like a journal or a diary, and then literally just uh, jump onto the mic and record it. It's strange, actually. I've, I've become fairly comfortable now these past few weeks doing a podcast, and I've tried to you know build the you know the social media side of things as well to complement the podcast. But it's it's ironic that I'm. I'm comfortable just sitting in front of a microphone now talking basically to myself. Um, but I'm less comfortable putting out an Instagram post or a, or a tweet for some reason. But I'm going to I'm gonna try. So um, I've started to try and tweet a little bit more. You might have noticed. And uh, yeah, check it out. Follow me on Twitter. I've got a few followers these days. It's, it's, it's increasing. I've actually got more podcast listeners than I do have social media followers. So I know that everyone who listens doesn't yet follow me on social media. So check it out at Jay Hardy, the Wealth Journal or TWJ. I'm sure you'll be able to find me. And this episode this week is, we're going old school, we're going back into the pages of the Wealth Journal this week, and I'm just going to take you through some of the some of the key points um, that I've that I've discovered, and uh, hopefully hopefully you'll find them you'll find them interesting. Um, just to give you a bit of a behind the scenes uh, look for the Wealth Journal, so each week I just try and make sure each episode is a little bit better than the previous one. So this week I've invested in a pop filter, which basically covers the microphone. It, it sort of provides it a shield and it helps the, I think they're called plosives. So it's when you say like your P's and your B's and you sort of blow air into the mic and it makes like a bit of an annoying, annoying sound for the listeners. So I've invested in one of them. Um, so hopefully, hopefully you guys can tell the difference. If that's the 1% gain this week, then great. Um, that's what that's what we aim to do here on the Wealth Journal podcast. Right. Enough of me waffling on. I guess you're you're here for the first point in my in my Wealth Journal. And the first point in my Wealth Journal this week is Warren Buffett. And I feel like I haven't spoken about Warren Buffett for a while on the podcast. And I can only imagine that the man himself has probably been wondering what on earth is going on. I'm sure he uh, he listens to the podcast. I was actually hoping to get Warren on the podcast for this episode, but when um, when we spoke, and of course he's a you know he's a busy guy and he's very busy at the moment because he's recently had to deal with um, 
a shareholder from Berkshire Hathaway, which is obviously the company that he he runs, uh, requested that he's removed as chairman. And bear in mind that Berkshire Hathaway has out, outperformed the S&P 500 for over the past one, three, five, ten, and 20 year periods. He is really considered the greatest investor of our time. But it's because he's the greatest investor of our time that I decided this week to look towards Buffett for some guidance in how to navigate uncertain markets. And, you know, let's face it, the markets right now have been a little bit tricky. And I talked about this last week, about the uncertainty of the markets, and particularly in stocks and crypto. And I myself have found it a little bit hard to invest when there has been basically a consistent downturn. And if you look at the market's pretty much from the 3rd of January. And at the time of recording, I think the S&P itself is down almost 13% year to date. There is talk that we could be entering a bear market. And bear markets basically occur when prices in a market decline by more than 20%. And they're often accompanied by negative investor sentiment and declining economic prospects. Bear markets can be cyclical or long-term. And the former lasts sort of several weeks or a couple of months and the latter can be up for you know towards several years or even decades short selling put options and inverse etfs so basically positions that take the the reverse of of stocks going up are some ways in which investors can make money during a bear market as as prices fall and there are there are tools that are, allow you to do that um but now the S&P at the moment hasn't quite hit that 20% decline to trigger a bear market. But last week, the Nasdaq ended the week 20.1% down from its November record high, um, which according to Reuters confirmed its, its bear market status. And if we look at other parts of the bear market conditions, which is negative investor sentiment, that also looks to be the case. And going through the headlines from the Global Fund Manager Survey... Uh, that recently came out, we're seeing a few key factors. Number one, highest levels of cash on balance sheets since April 2020, which means companies are holding cash more at the moment rather than investing them in the markets because they're just so uncertain. Optimism is also at its lowest level since July 2008. I mean, yeah, I think it was pretty low then as well. Global profit expectations have dropped dramatically. And from all the survey respondents, the biggest risks that they identified was number one, Ukraine. Number two was a global recession. And number three was inflation. That's the first time I've seen global recession on that survey for a while. So there is that negative investor sentiment. So you could argue that now, at this moment in time, it's a much better time to invest in the NASDAQ than it was pretty much throughout the entire um, year of 2021. And it's also probably the best time to invest in the S&P 500 since April last year. And when I think about my own personal journey, I was really comfortable investing last year. And yet now, when the markets are lower and therefore better value, I feel much less comfortable. Much less comfortable. And part of the reason for that is, well, one, when the markets are experiencing a downturn, which is developing into a trend, it can be difficult to watch the value of your cash that you put in on a regular basis go down. And two, you almost start to think, well, maybe it's better I hold onto my cash and wait until the market falls lower and then invest. 
wait for the bottom. But we know it's incredibly difficult to time the market. But the advice and the constant narrative from Buffett or the people that quote him, certainly the memes or even people like me on the podcast, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful is is very much a famous quote from, from Buffett. Market declines are seen as opportunities, the chance to buy stocks at a discount. Easy, right? Just look at the market, zoom out. I said that last week. Zoom out, look at the markets over a long time horizon. And yes, by that logic, it almost looks like any time is good to enter the markets. And certainly downturns look like even better times. But the advice isn't always easy to take. And let's look at the man himself and how he reacted during the recent biggest dip in the market, March 2020, the COVID pandemic. Markets took a huge dip, a 30% decline, which was a major shock, a complete collapse. If we look back to 2008, the housing market crashed, the market fell 30% in just two months. During the dot-com crash in 2001, the NASDAQ, which is tends to be more tech heavy, fell 77% from March to October and it didn't rise again past its peak until 15 years later. Crazy. Imagine waiting 15 years for you to get your money back into the green, waiting all that time and maybe even continue to invest and never actually selling. I reckon that's a lot easier said than done. Anyway, back to Buffett. 2020 COVID crash. What did he do? Did he buy the dip? topped up a few of his positions, doubled down on a few of his picks, got greedy as others were fearful. Nope. He sold. He sold all of his airline stocks at a huge loss and didn't really make any sizable investments during that period. He didn't buy the dip. And he bought Delta Airlines in early March 2020 and sold out of all his four major airline stocks in April. And at that time, This was because he believed COVID would completely change the airline industry. So he sold them at a loss. And I guess he was right in some ways. It did change the airline industry, but slowly, very slowly, we've seen a lot of these airlines recover from their lows. And at one point last year, Southwest Airlines, which was one of the stocks he sold, almost reached a new new high. And in fact, this week, um, airline stocks have actually been flying. Pun fully intended there. Anyway, back down to earth. So what is my point? Consistently staying in the market during these big crashes is a lot harder in practice. And I think there's a reason for this. Fear. Fear is the biggest thing. It's our own emotion. And it's easy to say, be greedy when there's fear, especially when you zoom out and look at the markets over a long time horizon. The big crashes almost look like just blips on a chart. And it almost seems illogical not to invest during that time. But when you zoom into those moments and into the crashes themselves without the benefit of hindsight and the fear is all too real. COVID is a great example. Think about it. At the end of March 2020, we knew very little about about COVID. You know, for all we knew at the time, the world could have been ending. There wasn't a vaccine. People were dying. And it could have potentially taken years And it affected many people, not just the aging population, but there were stories of of healthy people also being seriously affected by coronavirus. 
And also during the 2008 financial crisis, people thought this was going to be the end of the entire financial system at the time. There were queues at banks. People were trying to get the cash out. And now there's the threat of Ukraine, which could escalate even further. And it's in these moments, we never really know what will happen. And you panic. I mean, you know, COVID was a good example. Would I still have a job? Um, I couldn't go to work. Stores were closed. What would, what would happen to demand? Yes, the government stepped in, but how long would they gonna, were they able to step in for? You know, months, years, potentially longer. You know, it's, it was such a, a confusing time. And in that moment for you to think, oh, I'm just going to carry on investing. This is, you know, I'll just keep my money plowing it into the markets. The markets, for all you know at the time, could just continue to go down and down. And you could be out of work. You might not have a job in a few months. And really at that point, do you want to be putting your money into the markets? So I do think it is very difficult to continue to buy when you think your life is going to completely change. And there's a great book out called The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And he discussed this. And one thing he writes about is that money isn't about spreadsheets, um, projections or data. It's about cortisone, adrenaline and dopamine. It's about emotion. And we all have a different relationship with money because we all have different life experiences. And therefore... It's impossible for me or anyone to say what somebody should or shouldn't do in any given situation. But what I will say on this topic, and I guess this is a bit of a long point, <laughs> and what I've learned, and I actually tweeted this earlier this week, the cue to get into the wealth club from an investing perspective is a long and patient cue. And the corrections of the bear markets you experience whilst in that queue is basically the fee you have to pay in order to get entry into the club. It's not a straight upward line. So it's very, very difficult. So my advice at the moment, of course, maybe not financial advice, is think about your own current situation. Think about your own experience for money. And during these times, maybe you would prefer a slightly bigger buffer in the bank, a little bit more of a safety net before you want to continue to invest. Or maybe you're comfortable. Maybe you, you think, well, I'm in a fairly secure position. I can continue to invest as I need. But I think the fear is very real sometimes. And I think that's where some, you know, it's easy to look at these quotes and, and think, yeah, I know exactly what I should be doing. But actually, in practice, it's a little bit harder. Um, so don't beat yourself up about it. The next point I've got in my wealth journal this week is Bitcoin. And Bitcoin, crypto, cryptocurrency in general, has been in the headlines once again recently. And a lot of the headlines around crypto has, has been Ukraine and Russia. Obviously, Russia's faced a huge amount of sanctions from the West, from its, um, its banking system. Um, and there has been this sort of narrative that Russia will be able to actually circumvent these by using cryptocurrency. And I think this has actually painted crypto in in a bad light. And I was watching, I think it might have been it might have been question time on the BBC um last week or two weeks ago. And somebody was obviously concerned at the situation. But they felt that Russia, you know, we need to just ban Bitcoin. 
they're going to be using all these cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin to get around all these sanctions. But actually, if you understand cryptocurrency, how it works, how Bitcoin works, then you'll know that a lot of these blockchains in which Bitcoin, Ethereum use, then the very nature of them is that they're public. And if you think that the Russian billionaires, oligarchs, or even Russia themselves are going to be transferring wealth on the Bitcoin blockchain, which is very transparent, I actually don't think that that'd be the case, um, given that they're usually so secretive. So yeah, I actually think, um, yeah, probably wrongly, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies has been um, dragged through the mud a little bit. And actually, if we look at some of the positive impact that uh, cryptocurrency has had for for um, for what's happening in Ukraine, a huge a huge amount of people have been able to to set up funds, donate. I think Ukraine actually set up their own um, crypto wallet that people have been able to donate, and they they've used that to to buy uh, essential supplies. So, yep. There has been some some negativity around around cryptocurrencies during this time, but actually, I think that comes from a place of of, of misunderstanding. And I know some people are, are very skeptical still about cryptocurrencies, um, but yeah, take the take the time to understand them, and then maybe you'll um, you'll form a, a better opinion. So that's it. They're the two main points in my wealth journal this week. So thank you so much for listening, as always. If you can tell somebody about this podcast then that will help the podcast grow, compound. If you can tell one person, amazing. If you can tell two people, even better. The good news is that the podcast has has been growing. It's been growing fairly, fairly well, actually. The last few weeks, we're on a very much a positive trend. So if we can keep that going. And I have been a little bit inspired of late just to keep the podcast going. I went to um, see the Diary of a CEO live, which is Stephen Bartlett, and obviously he does a he does his own podcast, the Diary of a CEO. And uh, I've mentioned a few times on this podcast that I very much enjoy that podcast. It's one of my favourite podcasts, and I think if it wasn't for that podcast, I probably wouldn't have been inspired to do the Wealth Journal myself. And um, yeah, I went to watch that live. Amazing, really good. I recommend it if you if you if you're a fan of Stephen Bartlett. Or even if you're not, it's um, it's not really a live podcast. It's more of a theatrical uh, show. There's music and all sorts. It's um, it's really good. But yeah, I, you know, I think it was because of him. I'd thought I'd, I would give give podcasting a go. And um, he said something on stage which sort of really resonated with me. And it it sort of harks back to if you're thinking about trying something, whether it be going for a new job or setting up a business or creating a podcast or just trying something new, sort of letting that inner voice out inside and one thing he sort of said was that there's no right or wrong time to do it when he was setting up his business some people said you're too young to start a business and then when people reach the 50s and 60s you're too old to start a business you're never too young or you're never too old to do something so if you're thinking about setting something up just go for it and one thing that he said and it, I'm, I'm making a, there is a point here to this. Um, he talked about wisdom and he explained that, that if you are a little bit older and you think you've missed your chance, then wisdom is a form of mental wealth and you have to spend it. You have to use that wisdom and spend it. I'll end on that. Thanks once again. And I will speak to you next week. Take care. 